everybody talks about the past Super Bowl winners. You know, how can we replicate that? You know, two years ago, it was like, all right, dude, we need this dynamic offense with a guy like Patrick Mahomes that can create. You're looking for this creative quarterback. And now everybody's like, whoa, well, how do you, how did Tampa Bay win? Well, they won with a defensive line and this kind of awesome defensive front seven. So I think the shift now in the course of a few months has now become well, maybe maybe the way you win a Super Bowl is a bounce offense that can put up some points, but you got to have this rock star front that defensive front seven, and and that's not new, you know. But I do think the pendulum is shifting that way. Well, welcome back to another edition of Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, alongside Chris Corso and our guest of the day. You all know him. We all see him. We all love him. His name is Ben Lieber. Ben. Thank you for joining the show. It has been way too long since we have talked to you. How are you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling great, Gabe. I hope uh, you're doing well. And it is. It's good to see you, even though I, I think, you know, we're doing these things virtually right now, but it sounds like we're going to be getting together live and in person, real physical contact very soon. Training camp is on the horizon, and I still have yet to experience a normal year or normal season, a normal training camp, but you have. You've been a part of the Vikings. You played here. Um, you, I mean, we all know you work. You do a lot of great work for the Vikings Entertainment Network, but your thoughts, your thoughts just heading into training camp. I know we'll dive a little deeper, but just overall general thoughts. You know, my general thoughts are, like, every year you're, you're optimistic, and, you know, this team – has always put the pieces together and on paper to legitimately look like you are a contender in the division. And then, you know, okay, hopefully a contender in the playoffs. And then this season's no different. I think this season's even more exciting because look, we've got all sorts of weapons offensively. I think that you, you get a little bit more dynamic with the tight end position you know, Kyle was outstanding for the organization and he was a red zone monster. But, you know, let's be honest here. He wasn't the most dynamic pass catcher and run after catch when it came to in, in the field of play. And I think they've gotten a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic there. So now you've got a, a, a tremendous offense now with an offensive line that you think is going to be able to compete on a week to week basis. And then this defense, again, you add a lot of good pieces in the offseason with free agency and all of a sudden, you you take a, a gigantic weak link last year in the defense and specifically the defensive line, and it's bolstered. And I think it's got the right amount of balance right now that you can really compete at those two phases. Now, ultimately, the third and probably the biggest, most important phase that nobody wants to talk about is the special teams. And I think that'll be um, that's something that's going to have to be played out as training camp goes on. But who can we count on down the stretch to make some clutch kicks? Because inevitably that's going to have to, that's going to have to happen. I mean, there's always a close game. It's always going to come sometimes come down to an extra point or a field goal that decides the game. And we got to have the right guy with the right mentality to put those through. I love, I love hearing the, the kicker uh, being the priority as a Vikings fan. <laughs> that's for sure. I know we all know about that, but uh, one of the biggest areas that you just touched on was the defense and you being a defensive player. I mean, we're all not used to seeing what happened with the Vikings defense last season. A lot of players were missing and it was clearly an emphasis in free agency and in the draft. So what do you think the biggest difference is going to be on this Vikings defense this season compared to last season? 
Well, you know, obviously the addition of Michael Pierce and Dalvin, Tom- Dalvin Tomlinson are not only just big in stature, but big as far as how teams can attack you. I don't necessarily expect to see both of those guys break out with a whole bunch of run stuffing stats. It'd be, it'd be great if they had, you know, a, a nice accumulation of tackles, obviously penetrating the backfield and, and getting tackles for loss. But I think more importantly, it's like they need to give our linebackers and our secondary guys, namely the safeties and the run fits clean looks, you know, as long as they are holding their gaps, they're not getting reached. They're not getting cut off. They're not getting double teamed up to the linebackers in an instant or those guys can't get off the block and they've got a cloudy read. If they, those guys can just play clean, I think we all understand how athletic our linebackers are. Mm-hmm. They can go run and chase and make plays. Harrison Smith can run and chase and make some plays. So I think just adding those two guys, uh, uh, as long as they, they live up to the billing, that changes the whole scope of how teams approach us. Uh, what we could do on first and second down, and then you start getting the conversation of, okay, now you get the sub packages. Now we can truly blitz. We can truly pressure. We don't have to leave our, our corners and the secondary out on the island. Uh, that's going to be the biggest difference, and I and I that'll be the biggest thing I'll, I'll have to watch during training camp is, you know, as long as Michael Pierce can come back from this calf injury, can he and and Dalvin be the true, you know, most two most important guys in the defense and really help them out. Have you been talking to Andre Patterson? Because you literally, it sounds exactly like from, because he's not worried about the stats of those two guys. He's really, I mean, that's a, everything you just said is like a, an echo of the Vikings defensive coordinator. I mean, just focusing on the linebackers and the linebacker play, but having the guys in the middle who stuff the yeah. pocket and create plays for, for, for obviously the linebackers that we didn't have last year. So yeah. I just feel like every aspect of the defense is going to be improved. And what about the impact of number 99 on, on just rushing from the outside? Do you see that being one of the biggest parts of the Vikings defense? Well, for sure. You know, I think we've seen Daniil make an impact time and time again. Um, he's, he's tremendous at what he does. I mean, he's one of the best outside defensive end, true defensive end, um, pass rushing defensive ends in the league and he plays the run exceptionally well that was one of the things that he did really well coming out of LSU so that that stayed with him and then he's added uh, his pass rushing abilities so he's a true three down player he's he's a uh, what a six five guy six six guy that has tremendous arm length that for any right-handed quarterback is going to cause problems just visually you know trying to throw anything quick and outside to the to the offensive right side and you've got this guy with these trem- tremendously long arms and this big build and, and always a threat to get to you, he's going to make an impact for sure. Whether he gets to the quarterback or not, you're going to have to game plan for Daniil. And now all of a sudden that does open up things on the backside of the defense. Does that open up for a backside three technique or nose guard to, to slice in there uh, on a turn protection or a slide protection? Does, does the right defensive end, whether it's Steven Weatherly or, or a Patrick Jones, or one of these young guys that have to come in, are those guys gonna gonna pick it up and all of a sudden be the benefactory of of all the attention on Daniil? And this, I mean, we we know three of the four defensive linemen are already set in stone. Michael Pierce, let's say he's back, you know, healthy one hundred percent by week one. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Daniil Hunter. What about that opposite defensive end position? Realistically, what is expected from them, and what? And who who adds the most? I wouldn't say adds the most value. What value does that position bring opposite of Daniel Hunter? 
Well, I truly think the guy that's going to ultimately ultimately be named the starter is who's the best on first and second down. You know, whether whether that's a guy like, uh, you know, can Jalen Holmes slide out there to a defensive end spot? Does DJ Wadham step up and become the run-stopping defensive end? Does Stephen Weatherly continue to quietly keep improving every single year and be that guy? Because I think we all know first and second down was, was the Achilles heel to this defense. And it doesn't just come down to the guys on the inside. It comes down to Daniil and it comes down to Weatherly or whoever's at that right defensive end spot. Because if we can get a stop on first and second down, and like I was saying earlier, and we get ourselves in an obvious passing situation, then it really doesn't matter who's starting, right. who's starting at that right defensive end. Then right. you start rotating your guys in and out. I, I mean, shoot, you, you might have Sheldon Richardson out there. You know, you might have Anthony Barr put his hand down out there. You might go, you know, three down and have uh, a secondary rusher that's maybe a linebacker or something like that. That's when you can get creative. So I think ultimately whoever is the most accountable and whoever makes the most plays and whoever is the most trustworthy on first and second down, that's, that's who's going to win. A big uh, struggle for this Vikings defense was the cornerback position last year. Obviously, Mike Zimmer had to throw out a ton of rookies, a ton of guys who don't have many snaps within the NFL. In the offseason, you go out and add a Patrick Peterson, uh, eight, nine-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro. And Rashad Breeland, I think, goes under the radar as well as a veteran, along with Mackenzie Alexander, who obviously knows how to play the nickel in this defense. So what do you think – is the just how do you think this is all going to shake out at the cornerback position from the balance of the young players to veterans who we're not sure exactly what they're going to bring at this point in their careers and and I want to hear your take on what their roles are going to be going into training camp here you know I think right now it would be it'd be really hard to supplant Patrick Peterson and just kind of like who he is, um, the moxie that he brings, the experience that he brings. Even let's, let's, let's just say that he has, if the media people grade him as having kind of a so-so training camp, I don't think it's going to matter because he knows how to prepare and he knows what the regular season's like. And, he, and Mike Zimmer knows the type, of, uh, the type of guy he is when it's game day, truly game day in the regular season. And I think he right now is the most trustworthy corner that you can ask for. So I think he's going to solidify that one spot. Then it's going to come down to is Bashad Breeland and Cam Dantzler, who wins that spot? And, yeah. and what do you do with the other guy? And I think we all saw the ascension of Cam Dantzler, but we've also seen sophomore slumps. We've also seen guys that get a little bit extra free time in the off season. Um, it is more individualistic as far as your motivation and and what you have to do to become a better player and did he take care of himself and did he do all the right things to keep improving we don't know and that's where sometimes the veterans have the upper hand um so that that'll be the battle and and i do think that in the end i do think cam dancer ends up winning that spot and and being the proverbial starter at the other corner position yeah, I think it's it's Cameron Dantzler's job to lose, especially coming off a year like last year when he, you know, made so many key plays and progressed so so well uh, late in the season. Um, but you got to think there's going to be more pressure on the corners, especially because we got the D lineman now, and we know that goes hand in hand. So you you would expect um, more stellar play from that defensive back group. And I know we've talked about you know the lineman. Uh, the, the DBs, but we got to talk to you, a former linebacker, the linebacker group. We already know Kendrick's bar, 
um, is penciled in Nick Vigil. Those guys are going to be the starters come, come week one. Let's say, you know, everyone is healthy. But the mindset going into a year uh, like this, where you have so many veterans, uh, I'll just talk about your mindset, understanding, you know, from 2002, your rookie season, you started week one to 2009. I think that was your, your seventh or eighth, yeah, seventh or eighth year, if I can do the math. What is the mindset, understanding that you have that, that veteran presence to help you out being a veteran? What, what was your mindset going into training camp? You know, I think that there are, there are just some some mental tricks because you know there's that part of your awareness that you know that you're a veteran player. You know that you're one of the leaders of the team and the defense. You know that people are going to be looking for you or looking to you. And, and you have all this knowledge of game experience, being in the same defense for a while, understanding what the coaches expect out of you. So you have to play this mental game where you're trying to find ways that you can keep pushing yourself. Like, okay, in, in, what, in what ways do I need to really improve? In what ways can I help this defense? So that never really changes. But I think at times it gets harder. It gets trickier because uh, as you get older, um, you, you have more experience. And, yep. you, and it is harder to make those smaller, smaller improvements. You know, you can make leaps and bounds in your first few years. And that keeps you ultra hungry and ultra motivated. And then you get to the latter part of your career and you're like, okay, I know I'm already good at these are the things that I can make, I can be a little bit better here and there, but it, it becomes, I think a little bit kind of mentally tougher. Mm-hmm. I think to show up every day, bring that same juice, bring that same energy, be that leader that the team needs. Um, and so that's what training camp is all about is, is just kind of re reassessing where you're at, what your body's telling you you can and can't do uh, mentally finding, finding other ways to attack the offense. And, uh, and I think that is where they, these guys can make the biggest strides because you can never stop learning what the offense is doing. Everybody's trying to innovate every single year. Yep. And not only that within the X's and O's, the, the skill set of the guys that are carrying the, the ball around, they change as well. So I think that's where you can really push yourself is like, how can I give myself not just a half a step, but another full step ahead of the offense? Yeah, it's funny you say that because a guy like Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks, they always say like, you know, in the offseason, they tear their entire game down and then they build it back up step by step. And like you said, I feel like you have to do that, right? You have you have to do that. I mean, that's the only way that's the only way you can truly analyze and self-analyze like, oh, okay, like. Yeah, I maybe had four or five interceptions, like if you're like a Harrison Smith type player. But okay, how did I get there? You know, right. was it kind of just was it kind of just dumb luck? Was I in the right place at the right time? Was I using my instincts? What did I what did I see on this particular play? Um, so you do have to break everything down because for those type of players that are always getting patted on the back, they're getting uh, applause and awards and saying how good they are and how good they are. It's easy to be like, yeah, I'm good. I got it. I'm, I'm yeah. cool. I'll just keep kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Now you got to humble yourself and keep tearing yourself down a little bit and, uh, and find out where you got to get better. So we're talking about veterans and, and tearing their, their games down after 10 years in the league, like a Harrison Smith, but we were talking yesterday and my biggest question mark heading into training camp is probably the same as, Every single Viking fan out there, a rookie at left tackle. How do you see that going? Um, do you see uh, like I want just want to hear your thoughts on on the Vikings' offensive line 
and you were obviously an outside linebacker. So do you have any, I guess, examples of going against a rookie first round pick at the left tackle position? You know, not specifically in my time going against a, a true uh, rookie left tackle. I mean, not a starting left tackle. Obviously, you you know, in, in pass rushing yep. drills and practice, you're going yep. against rookies all the time. But um, no, I, I just think that, you know, going back to Derisov's college tape, in my opinion, he, and, and this is a really hard thing to, to say and do, but he, he does have to get more athletic. And that's, well, really easy for me to say, but it's hard to go out as a player and be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be more athletic today. Like there's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's steps to that process, but you know, I want to see his, his footwork get a little bit quicker. Um, I want to see him be a little bit more decisive and, and I want to see him finish more plays. You know, you, you look at, you look at his offense and the way it was built at Virginia tech, they did not have a great quarterback. You know, right. they had to protect their quarterback with a lot of quick game. He was not asked to, to, to block for a long time. And, and yes, he can play, he plays with some physicality. Does that translate to the NFL? We're going to have to see. Um, but I think, especially with an offense that does like to drive the ball down the field, he's going to have to protect longer and more consistently than he ever had was ever asked to at Virginia tech. So I think there's going to be some, I, I would not be surprised if there's some big time growing pains with him just from a consistency level of, Oh my gosh, like, I've got to block this much longer and yeah. I've got to react this much quicker. And I've got to do this now for 65 snaps a game where these guys are rotating these fresh defensive ends out all the time. I've got to be on my a game all the time, protecting our franchise quarterback. Um, there's a lot of pressure there. And um, you know, that's why you get kind of paid the big bucks. Yeah. And you know, that pressure bursts pipes or it makes diamonds and that pressure is going to be at an all time high during training camp. You got to think they're going to put Daniel Hunter, you know, Daniel Hunter's a left defensive end. They're going to put Daniel Hunter a right defensive end in one on ones and say, OK, yeah. how man are you? How, how how great of a man are you to to go against a guy who I guess, you know, Daniel Hunter, his stats, his accomplishments, his size. It speaks for itself. <laughs> but a guy like Wyatt Davis. He's going to be vying for a starting position also. And you got to think Dakota Dozier, he started all the last year, was left guard. Now he's at right guard. He's not going to give that position up that easily. So that competition battle, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I you know, based on what I saw in college out of Wyatt Davis, I, I hate to say this, I don't think it's much of a battle. I think Wyatt Davis is already a better player. Okay. Um you know, there, there is some experience that Dakota has. There is a familiarity with the expectations and what this offense is. But I think from a purely athleticism and physical standpoint, I think Wyatt Davis should win this battle pretty easily. And he's going to have some great competition. I mean, there's, you know, Sheldon Richardson is a fantastic pass rushing three technique. And, and to get that experience in practice every day with against your own guy is going to serve him so well, just like you guys are alluding to with Daniel Hunter and Christian Derisaw. Um, he's going to have great competition. He's going to have some big boys that he's going to have to anchor down against. Um, you know, I'm just saying with, if, if Pierce is healthy and, and all that, so he'll have the, the knowledge and the, the snaps to go against guys that are just going to flat out bull rush him and try to manhandle him. Yeah. And then he's going to have these super special athletic interior guys that are going to test his athleticism. I, I think he's going to be pretty battle tested by the time he gets to week one. I think Vikings fans are going to be very excited to see Kellen Mond 
take reps at training camp. I I just I just something tells me that they're looking forward to seeing him take some reps out there. Uh, so yeah. what do you expect from him uh, just in terms of reps and in terms of what he's going to be seeing out there throughout training camp? What What is your expectation for that whole situation? My bad to cut you off, Chris, but like what is expect? just to add on to Chris's question, like what is expected for on top of what do you expect? Like what is expected from him? Tell us everything. Well, I, think, <laughs> well, I guess I guess from from what is expected out of him is just an, a grasping of the knowledge of the offense. Gotcha. And I think everybody knows that he's not he's not here to take over Kirk's job this year. And and so he won't have that pressure. I mean, will will he be competing against Nate Stanley and Jake Jake Browning? For sure. But I think we all know kind of where that's where that's headed. Um, I just think they want to see him process the information in the classroom. Does he understand the information? Can he be a viable backup? Can he be a trusted backup? Um, as far as what I'm expecting, I'm expecting to see him and see how well he does hanging in the pocket. I know that he is more athletic than Kirk Cousins. I know that he can he has a little bit more scrambling ability and athleticism. That's fine. I want to see him be a quarterback. And he progressed under under Jimbo Fisher at AM. He got better. Jimbo asked him to be more of a quarterback. And from year one to year two, he absolutely did that. Took care of the football better, got through his progressions better, didn't didn't tuck and run as as much as he did in year one. And I want to see him continue to do that. I don't want to see you tuck and run very much. I want to see you go through all your progressions, even when it's getting hot, even when the pocket is collapsing. Try to get through all of your reads and do it in a decisive manner. He, he, he was a little bit robotic when, he was, when it comes to all of the, the reads from left to right, le- right to left. As he gets in the NFL and he gets a little bit more comfortable and he gets through training camp and into the season, I want to see him when he gets in these games, process quickly, get through his reads quickly, and don't just look for the quick check down in the first throw. You know, bypass that guy. Go, go to the third or fourth guy before you make a decision. That's when I'll, I'll know that, like, all right, he, he's a guy that we need to watch, and he's a guy that he can be trustworthy if in the event that Kirk gets hurt and he's got to come in for a few snaps or a few games. No need to talk about the running back or fullback position. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty, that's pretty much set in stone. We respect the big things out of those guys. But wide receiver number three. I think a tight end three can step into that. I mean, well, tight end one can step into that wide receiver number three spot. You got Amir Smith-Marset or so many other receivers, KJ Osborne, BC Johnson. When you look at that void that the Vikings are trying to fill, what comes to mind? You know, I I want to see who's who's the best run after catch guy in that position group. You know, because that. By and large, the third wide receiver is more your possession receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more the short route guy. You're not asking him to run these these longer, you know, six, seven, eight, nine routes. You know, they're they're lower on the route tree. And so, I want to see who has the most juice after the catch. And and BC Johnson's made some tremendous catches. He's been really reliable. I think it's it's his job to lose. Chad Beebe seems like a guy. I think by stature that you're looking for is wide receiver three. But to me, he hasn't really broken out the way I think we are, we are hoping to largely because of injury. And, um, and I think there's been some miscommunication things with he and Kirk um, KJ Osborne, obviously, you know, didn't take over the return game. Like I think we thought, 
I, I think he has a little bit more juice when it comes to offense. Uh, Dan Chisena, I think, is completely just a, um, a special teams guy. And then you get to Amir Smith-Marset you're talking about. He's very interesting because, you know, at Iowa, they are not a pass-heavy offense. Right. I don't – I think this will be the first time in a long time that he, he will probably get more targets and have a, a bigger role in the offense. Not to say that we're a pass-heavy offense, but, you know, we have some dynamic ways to get the guy, uh, the ball in, in receiver's hands. And, and if he can be that guy that can show off that speed and show off that athleticism, then he's a true contender for that wide receiver three spot. Yeah, I certainly think the wide receiver three has been one that we've been trying to fill for the past couple. It just hasn't been like Diggs and Thielen and then obviously Jefferson and Thielen. It just hasn't. No one's really emerged as that clear wide receiver three. So hopefully we find that out here in training camp. But obviously the tight end group is very different. You don't have your your good buddy number 82 there in the tight end room like we've had for how many years now. So what do you see happening there with Tyler Conklin and, of course, Irv Smith Jr.? Well, Irv continues to get better and better, and, and so does Conklin. Um, I've been really impressed by, to me, Conklin's just sort of, you know, reshaped his body a little bit. Looks like he's a little bit leaner. He's he's much more explosive, and his his run after the catch has been a lot better. Uh, Brandon Dillon, I think, has been scrappy when he gets yeah. out there. I, I I do think that I'm I'm so intrigued by this Zach Davidson, yeah. not just because of his story of being a punter that's turned into this uh, tight end draft guy, but I, I rarely do you see a six seven frame that can move like he does and obviously six seven with wingspan gives you instant red zone credibility but it's his ability to actually drop his hips it's his ability to actually have uh, ankle flexion to drop his knees and be a knee bender he doesn't look like a guy that's six seven running out there he looks like a guy that's more like six one six two with the way that he can turn and cut and run and be elusive so if if he can grasp one of the tightest or the toughest positions to grasp in all of football, if he can pick up what it takes to be a tight end, man, he, he can be a heck of a weapon for this team. And, and maybe we're not talking about wide receiver three. Maybe we're just talking about having two or three tight ends along with our other two wide receivers and Dalvin cook and you're set. I'm going to have you put on your, your player's hat for my last question. Um, because at outside linebacker, you covered a lot of tight ends. So when playing a guy like a Earl Smith Jr. or someone like a Zach Davidson or a Tyler Conklin, what kind of pressure did those guys put on, you know, an outside linebacker? Like your, I wouldn't say like yourself because you had your own attributes, but just the outside linebacker in general. Uh, I want you to know that I stonewalled every, every tight end that I got. <laughs> I um, Tony Gonzalez. I mean, I mean Antonio uh, Gates. That look, yeah. Look, look at Tony's stats against me. <laughs> I mean, Antonio Antonio Gates in, in practice. That had to be some pretty good, pretty, pretty fun matchups. <laughs> yeah. No, please don't look up any tight end stats against me. Um, you know, it. I, I was sort of involved in a little bit of that transition where we we went from inline tight ends to to flexing these guys out and look at these guys as as open field wide receivers and um i I think every one of these guys poses that problem of being an open field guy you know whenever you displace the tight end like that you split them out it's really really hard on on 
a line a linebacker. You know what we talk about from a defensive back standpoint, that nickel cornerback position, everybody says is one of the hardest positions to play on defense because Mm -hmm. you're going against traditionally a super quick guy. Uh, The reason why he's in that slot position is because he has great footwork and great quickness. So you're going against one of the quickest guys on the team, and and that guy's got a two-way go. And also you have to play the run. You're also a run fitter. Well, that same – all those same things and characteristics about playing in space, it's the same thing for an outside linebacker when you're going against athletic tight end. You've got to play the run. You've got to have one eye on, on the run game. You've got a guy that is, is much quicker than your, your standard tight ends. Um, he has arm length, which a lot of wide receiver threes don't. So, you know, they can press you as well, fake the run, and then separate from you in an instant in the yeah. pass game. So the play-action pass game is, is ultra hard. Um, and they've got the speed and the strength uh, that most tight ends already do. So it, it's a tough position. And, um, you know, so I, I don't envy any of these outside linebackers. And, and I, I think that's why you watch a guy like Eric Kendricks when he ever gets to split out and defend some of these guys. What, he's, he's exceptional at it. And he, yeah. and he should get more credit for it because it's really, really hard. I have, I have one last question, and I want you to answer it in as fast as you can. What will be the Vikings' record at the end of the season, pre-training camp prediction? I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be eleven and six. Mm. Um, okay, that was a trick question because I didn't, I didn't know if you'd that. remember the uh, the seventeen game schedule there. You tried to get me. I tried. <laughs> me? I, I, I was good. I was like, I was ready for eleven and five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so 11 and, 11 and 6 <laughs> means we're a playoff team, right? Yeah. So yeah. with that said, what is it going to take? Do we have the pieces to make that next step in the playoffs? Oh, for sure. You know, I, for sure. And I think, you know, everybody everybody talks about the past Super Bowl winners. You know, how can we replicate that? You know, two years ago, it was like, all right, do we need this dynamic offense with a guy like Patrick Mahomes that can create. You're looking for this creative quarterback. And now everybody's like, whoa, well, how, how do you, how did Tampa Bay win? Well, they won with a defensive line and this kind of awesome defensive front seven. So I think the shift now in the course of a few months has now become, well, maybe, maybe the way you win a Super Bowl is a balanced offense that can put up some points, but you got to have this rock star front set, defensive front seven. And, and that's not new, you know, but I do think the pendulum is shifting that way. So if you're, if you're asking me, can we sort of copy, a little bit what Tampa did a hundred percent, you know, they, they started to rely on the run game a little bit more in the postseason, And they realized the importance of that. They had to take some pressure off of Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom Brady is, is very capable of getting the ball down the field to our re- receivers and being dynamic, but we also have Dalvin cook. And now we have an offensive line that we, we think that we can believe in down the stretch. And then you pair that up with, you know, again, on paper, a defensive line that should be much better against the run. That's going to cause some problems for an offensive line. And we have linebackers and I'll throw Harrison Smith in that group. As far as that front seven goes as, as a a group that you don't want to mess with on a week to week basis. So I I do think that we can, we can kind of replicate that equation, that formula to be a super, super bowl winning team. Well, Ben, we got the weekend and then we have three more days until the start of training camp. So as, as much as I love previewing things, I'm so excited to react. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. It's a lot more fun to react because then, you know, then we can take that information and then we can just like pull it apart and like we can like, well, you know, this is what it may look like in two or three weeks or what this what this guy's going to do or not do. So uh, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Well, always a pleasure having you on. Looking forward to seeing you at the TCO Performance Center every day during training camp and Vikings fans. You can stay tuned to Vikings.com for your most up to date coverage of the team. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Chris Corso and the man himself. Ben Lieber. See you guys next week. See ya.